gentlemen very happy to introduce you to my good friend mr steve dombeck how are you sir i'm doing great how you doing i'm doing good this is uh you know i'm trying to think the last time we hung out the, the times we've always hung out right i mean we've hung out at your house pools yep lots of pool parties lots of kids birthday parties. lots of kids birthday parties right uh super bowl parties super bowl parties minute to win it parties minute to win it parties always fun uh it's but it's it's been a minute you have um you have been working, you've been busy, you've been healing. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that if you don't mind. No, no uh, I've been crazy running around trying to, as you know, pretend to have work or do something to appease the wife where it looks like. <laughs> and then kicking off this goofy thing. But today, you brought it up. It's absolutely fantastic. Let me clue everyone in at a minute. One, two, three, four, five. Jason, what movie is it? Dude, Risky Business. Your call, by the way. Risky Business. Ris I think I put that on the top of the list. I don't yeah. know where that came from, but it just dropped into my head, and I'm like, Risky Business, man. I know, and it's it's one of those that even for, so my demographic is definitely higher higher in the 90s, mid-2000s, or a newer movie, but some of these older ones uh, that I've done, they love, and they're like, oh, I never saw this movie. You have to. It's you like have to. It's iconic. It's like... Him sliding across the room in his in his uh, socks and the shirt. I yeah, mean, that's like iconic. And I can't believe when I walked in, it was nineteen eighty three. Nineteen eighty three. So you think about what, and we talked about this. You know, weird science. Um, you know, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. All of these PG movies of these high school kids doing kind of crazy shit. When really this was the one where it's like, no, no, no. We're not doing kind of crazy shit. We're doing we're real crazy shit. Real crazy. We're doing hookers, blow, We're doing alcohol. hookers, blow, pimps, <laughs> guns. Guns. Stealing horses, cars. Stealing cars. I mean, the the worst things you could think of go on in this movie. Yeah. And it's at a time, too, where you're supposed to have your shit together because you're trying to get into college. That's right. I mean, this was when, this is 83 when college, make it or break it. Right. This is Nancy Reagan, just say no to drugs. Exactly. This is... This is the, the fight against, I mean, this is when the religious right had their move. And what's funny is that in the movement of the religious right, you know what the percentage is on this for Rotten Tomatoes? What? 96%. Really? So 96% of people like this in an era when it was this, they were doing the most forbidden shit, which is kind of, it's, it's funny because I looked at these stats. I was telling this pastor this the other day. I'm talking to this guy starting a church. Right. And I said, you know, you're climbing an uphill battle. He goes, what do you mean? I said, that the five-year track, let me compare this to a sin. I go, the five-year track of a brewery in the Midwest and south and southeastern United States, which is kind of where Austin is, right? Mid and south. Right. I go, the five-year track, 85% of breweries 
and 90% of distilleries make it over five years. Wow. Less than 5% of churches do. <laughs> and I just look at all it. So uh and, and when you when you when the movie starts off, like when yeah. you're watching the movie and you watch the beginning of it, it is in the most like suburban oh. neighborhood you could yep. ever I mean it, they literally they don't have white picket fences at this house, but they should. They should. Because it's White House, black shutters. I mean, it is the epitome of a suburban neighborhood, prime and proper. They're, you know, dressed if if it's eighty three, I mean I'm I graduated well in pop collars. Yeah, pop pop uh, and, collars. And maybe yeah. even, you know, whatever this was you called. Pegging the jeans. Pegging the jeans. Peg. I mean that, uh, the Sperry Topsider shoes. Oh, exactly. May, if you were Rebel Vans, right? Oh, Vans. Oh, what about uh, parachute pants? Parachute pants for sure. Parach- and, now, did you have a Letterman's jacket? Oh, of course I did. What did you, what sports did you play? I played soccer and I did track. So I mean, I had the letter jacket, and you know, whoever I was dating at the period of time would be wearing that. And, yeah. You know, and I was rocking like, you know, the. I mean, it was hideous. And, and, <laughs> oh, and I had a perm mullet. You had a perm mullet? I had a perm mullet because back in like 86, 87 yeah. time frame, this, I mean, before this, mm-hmm. you know, that was cool. It, you know, there was um, my dad and my uh, my stepmom were both hairdressers. Right. And it was, I was going into the fifth grade. I'm trying to think. I think it was like maybe, maybe 84. Right. I'm going in and I love Knight Rider and I wanted that Hasselhoff hair. So I talked them in. I flew out to Portland, Oregon. They're working at this place called the Hair Barn. And my stepmom gives me a fucking perm. I got pictures. Not good. Dude, I've got pictures. <laughs> I've got pictures of me. My hair's bigger than my dates. Like, you, know, you know, that's one of those Sadie Hawkins where the girls ask the guys. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I will never forget. It was Marissa McGavran. Her hair's really big. Like, yeah. you know, aquanetted out. Like, Camaro hair. Camaro hair. You nice. know, parted yeah. down the middle. Big fat. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, huge. Huge, yeah. Yeah. My hair was bigger than that. And it was just down to like, if you would have stretched it out, I think it probably would have went to the middle of my back. Just solid. Solid. You could you could well, run and see it bounce? I had a Jeep, no oh. top off. It would just get bigger and bigger and bigger. That was solid. But I mean, that's what kind of reminds me of this. But these guys are clear, clean cut. I mean, yep. they've got, well, some of them are a little dirty. Like that Booger. guy right Yeah, that, that guy. Right. And then Booger. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, you know, Bronson, he is the, the guy from, from Perfect Strangers, a great, great t- television show back in the day. Uh, he's still clean cut. Cruz is clean cut. Uh, everyone is, but Booger and the uh, the gentleman who always gets laid with the gap in his teeth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it, and Booger's a super smart one. He's going to Harvard. Exactly. He's the one going to Harvard now. As they're uh, what in high school, what was the thing? What was your rebellious activity that you guys did? You, I mean, like you, we see did, the, you see those guys playing cards downstairs, yeah. smoking cigars. We did smoke cigars, but we played cards in my buddy Kurt Top's basement, <laughs> and we never wanted to go upstairs. So we used to, it was, you know, in the Midwest, you grow up and you, and you basically hang out in your basement because yeah. it's freezing cold half the time. Yep. So, you know, concrete floors, we play hockey down there. We play, we'd have, we had a ping pong table. We play cards. We'd every, I mean, like throughout the whole night into the next morning and we would pee in like the, the drain thing there and, <laughs> you know, right next to where the washer oh, yeah. dryer was because we didn't want to run up and down and like wake if, if the parents were home. Yep. We had to keep it at a certain tone, but we were always like playing cards. That playing cards also got us out into, oh, mom, I'm going to go over to Kurtz to play cards tonight. And then nice. we were, you know, running around. 
having fun, doing stupid stuff, doing stupid shit, yes. as, as all as all kids do. Exactly. One of the uh, nothing as stupid as no, what is in the God. Movie. No, I mean I've done some stupid shit, and we were. Uh, I'll I'll share some stories, uh, but nothing like this. One of the things that. The first iconic thing when I was watching this the other day after you sent over your list, and I was like, let's for sure do risky business. Booger looks at him and he goes, sometimes you just got to say fuck it. Right. Sometimes. What the fuck? What the fuck? You just got to say fuck it. We're going to do this. Are you going to fuck it? If you're going to do it, I mean, your parents are going to be gone, right? Are you going to say fuck it? Are you going to follow the rules or are you not going to follow the rules? And I wonder, you know, I look at this and I'm like, what's what's the time... Well, do you remember the first time that you just said, fuck it? Yeah, I yeah. know exactly when I did it. <laughs> do tell, please. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, there's probably many a times. Okay? Yeah. But, you know, first of all, I've always been pretty good. I mean, I'm a pretty good kid. So I got good grades. I played sports. But during, uh, during the off season, I never want to get busted when I played soccer. So, But then if I wasn't, I was skipping school. But the principal knew us like nobody's business. So we just walk in and be like, so what did you do? Yeah, I went and played that. Uh, Frisbee golf. He's like, cool. Here, sign your detention. You nice. know, it wasn't like, yeah, you know, not but, like today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and but I wasn't going out banging, you know, hitting mailboxes over and destroying stuff. We were just screwing around, you know, doing mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff. But there was one time that I know that I I got in big time trouble. My mom knew that I would, you know, she's going out of town for like two weeks. Oh wow! So she told all the neighbors that. She was out of town, and if there was anybody over at her house, to call the cops. No, well, I was a sophomore, so I went. My buddies and I went over. I lived next to a park. We ran across the park, and we put black trash bags up all over the windows. So when we turned the lights on, you couldn't tell that it was that anyone was in the house. Well played. Yeah, and then we everybody parked across the street. Well, then it got out. Remember, there's no cell phones back then. Yeah. It was like you drive around McDonald's parking lot, find out where people went. <laughs> It was either the hole or the pit. Yep. The hole was some neighborhood that hadn't been finished and that you'd go hang out at. And the pit was like out on this farm. That's where you'd go drink and hang out and yeah, stuff. Pe- just like everybody forget. had a pit or a yeah. or everybody had a pit or something. You had a place where you just knew or someone knew. And there was always that one or there was one or two people like, oh, they're here. They, it seemed like they never went to the party, but they always knew about the party. Like they always had the inside information. Exactly. They were the messaging group. Exactly. We, you know, we could drive and I remember like my mom had a sunbird and I mean, it was horrible. And so we, she had this egg crate thing that had like supplies in there, like jumper cables and stuff. Mm -hmm. So whenever I I drove first, cause I was the oldest. So I dumped that thing out in the back trunk and we put trash bags in there, loaded up with ice and beer. Yep. I remember when we had beer, you'd have to buy your beer for these events like two weeks before. Oh yeah. Because it was harder than hell to get beer. And I was the only one that could, uh, grow a beard so like for any any major function like prom or anything i had to start growing a beard like two and a half months before so i could buy the booze for the party and put it in a duffel bag and hide it out in the woods so yep. we'd have it you know and wine coolers oh uh, what was your what was your call ton of wine coolers for Boone's, so we used to do boone's farm they came in four packs yeah and the, the four pack was um there was Seagram's and there was Bartles and James. Oh, Bartles and James. And, and Remember those girl, commercials? Every was... girl had a different kind oh. they wanted. And I'm like, oh my gosh. We were drinking like Natty Light and like Mickey's Big Mouth. Yep. And I used to cut the center out of the four packs of the um, of the wine coolers. And there was a CD holder for me. And it would hold five CDs oh, on nice. each side. Nice. Now my mom, religious, right? She's like, oh, that's inventive. Right. And she never put two and two, two together. And two together. That, yeah. 
I was buying booze for chicks. Or, right. <laughs> and then, right. And then keeping them like, oh, don't take like that. Why? I want to carry my CDs in the car. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we drive around and do that. But, you know, going back to where, like, yeah. oh, this is this is the part. This is the part he's, of the dancing. This is the part where he's got the house to himself and he's just and you, and you're freewheeling, had, man. And you had it for two weeks. He had it for an extended weekend. You had it for two weeks. Yes. And, you know, I had extra money. And, I mean, I was, I was living off of, like, I know what it was. It was the time when McDonald's, it was like a, I remember this because I think Russia was out of the Olympics mm-hmm. and they had those pull things or whatever. And McDonald's was giving away if we won a gold medal or a silver medal. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Remember that? Yeah. Back a long time ago. Well, we won everything. We won like, I mean, I'm joking, but we won like a thousand medals. So yeah. I had free burgers and stuff. I ate, <laughs> I ate McDonald's for like those two weeks and everything else went into Bartles and James, Mickey's Big Mouth. And I'm from St. Louis, so I'm drinking Natty Light and I'm drinking like only Anheuser-Busch products, you know, because yeah. like you get them for like nothing. But uh, super fun. And uh, But I did have a party one night. And all of the older kids, it was just like one of those parties where you almost want to call the cops on yourself mm-hmm. because all these seniors were coming over and just kind of coming into my house and I'm letting them in. And then it got to a point where I'm like, oh crap. So the cops got called. I'm a sophomore oh. in high school. And my, my high school was um, sophomore, junior, senior. Okay. We didn't have freshmen. Yep. We had, they were in the junior high. So these guys were like adult men coming over to my house and I'm like, you know, buck 40 with like a <laughs> pink polo pop collared, you know, whatever, letting these dudes in that look like, you know, men, Yeah, you know, into my house, just ramsacking the place, you know, I'm running around going, what the heck, you know, people are in my room, my sister's room. I'm like, oh, so I'm almost happy. I got the cops called on me, you know, and I told the cops when they came out, I'm like, I, 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 I didn't plan this. I don't know what to do. And they said, we'll get everybody out of here. And I got, like, it was good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. But we, then for two weeks after when she got back, mm-hmm. she would do it subliminal. I mean, she'd like, I'd go back down to my room. We had our basement finished at that time. And I'd go down to my room downstairs and there'd be like a beer can sitting on my desk. There'd be like two cigarette butts sitting on my desk. Oh. Two days later, there'd be like a, you know, Bartle and James bottle that people threw in the, you know, the bushes yep. or whatever. So she was telling me she knew shit was going down, and I guess she wanted me to cough she it up. She just let you eat at your brain, right? And, oh, man, it just messed uh, with me for like two weeks, and then finally I'm like, all right, fine, I get it. I totally had a party, and it got out of hand, and I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> so give me my punishment, and let's just move let's on. Let's do it. Let's just move on. My, uh, my parents left. I was in high school, and my sister was older by a couple of years, and she was brand new. To the school, uh, stepsister had moved away from her mom. And mom and dad go away. My mom and my stepdad go away, and we get the house to ourselves for a weekend, and we throw a rager of a party. I mean, just, and we realize like, oh shit, we've drank a lot of the booze, all right. the rum, all the whiskey at your parents' house, at my parents' house. So we just fill it up with water, and then okay. one as we're filling it up, we go to put it back up, and her friend does, and it falls, hits the linoleum, breaks. So. We tell, we create this story of what happened. Parents buy it. My mom thinks something's fishy and she's super religious. And so I've got to deal with her Sunday morning, Sunday night, oh. and Wednesday night for two weeks driving around. And she just keeps asking me about what happened. 
So I'm sorry, the, the party real quick. So th there was a party. I'm like, no, there wasn't a party. Well, then how did the bottle of booze break again? And I tell her again. She goes, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like that's what you told me last time. Oh, man. And just relentless. Just like a bulldog. Just dun, 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 just going after me, going after me, going after me. I found like, fuck, there was a party, okay? There was a party. We drank all the booze. It's pretty much all water. You guys are screwed. Don't try to get drunk. And she's just like, oh, okay. Well, you're grounded. And then she went to the principal and told the principal all these kids were drinking at our house and the principal should notify the parents. Same thing happened to me. And then I get labeled the narc yeah. for my sophomore year of high school. My, my sister's a senior. And I'm like, thanks. I just want to thank you, Mom. She goes, well, your church friends don't drink. And I'm like, my church friends don't do anything. Right. They don't do anything. Uh, he's with Bronson. He's taken his dad's Porsche. It reminds me of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. Right. He left exactly. the keys to the brand new Porsche in mind. Nah, well, exactly. of course not. You know, can't really drive it that well. It is, that's the 944, right? Dude, that was like. The, the poor man's just, Porsche. I didn't care. That thing was like, my. <laughs> it was like, it was like that and like the DeLorean. Went, you know, oh, the, the DeLorean. Both of those two cars back in the day, I was like, oh man, that thing's so cool. I freaking love that thing. Love that thing. You know, they it's 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 amazing what a movie or what a television show can do for your perception of an automobile. Right. Right. I mean, like uh, Knight Rider. Oh yeah, dude. Like, I wanted that. I was like, that that's my jam right there. That's exactly, exactly what I want. Yeah. You know, uh, he makes he drives this car like it's a machine, and you're like, oh yeah, no, let's kick some ass. Exactly. Goes up against. Is that a Nova? I don't know, but they kind of do that stare down and it's like, bring it, bring it. Let's do this. Can you, will you, and they, I like how he lets him get a little head start. Yeah. Just to look over. Did now, did, like, you bring, do, did you do your share of cruising? I had a Jeep and I was like the only one that had his own car. I bought okay. this, you know, it was a CJ seven renegade red. Nice. I had the top off of it and I would, that, I was the driver. So okay. I drove everywhere. I mean. That was what we drove around yep. in high school was my Jeep. And then my buddy had, I mean, you know, I grew, we grew up kind of, we grew up poor. I made um, enough money mowing lawns to buy this Jeep. And then my buddy Kurt had a Buick LeSabre. Excellent. You could fit four dudes on the front seat mm -hmm. and four dudes on the back seat. You could fit eight dudes in that car comfortably. It was massive. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like a, it was like a tank, man. Yeah. And we would... That was the other car that we drove around. Everybody else, we pick everybody up. It was yep. it was awesome. There was one uh, one time that you were talking about getting busted. Mm -hmm. So there was another time my mom was going out of town. She was just going to town for like a couple of days. So I called up my buddy Hickenbotham and two of the older guys. It was uh, um, Paul Reimer and Steve Ballas. I'll never forget. And, <laughs> and Steve Ballas had one of those. Um, it was a freaking Trans Am with like the. It was it was it was oh, a black fantastic. Trans Am. I mean. Fantastic. Oh, it was fa totally fantastic. Because back then, it was like Trans Am and Z28s and, and T-Tops and stuff yep. like that. Which, I mean... Still fantastic. Still fantastic. Like, I'd love to have one of those with, like, some chrome glasses. Oh. Just cruising around. Yeah. That would be badass. Just drive through the hill country. Oh. <laughs> just, like, with your hands over the air. Yeah. Just, like, awesome. So, uh, I... Somehow, they're going to come over and I tell them that my mom's leaving at, I don't know, on 5 o'clock. So Hickenbotham comes over, my mom leaves, but these guys had been sitting outside right next to the park that I said I lived mm -hmm. next to. And she thought it was fishy. So she left for like 20 or 30 minutes and then came back, opened up the door. Steve Ballas, this older kid, Paul Reimer, this older kid, and Hickenbotham and I are in my kitchen and we're blending up drinks. 
Remember when you started to drink, you didn't know what to drink? Oh, yeah. You were ordering like a whiskey sour and yep. just shit that you heard of. It's not like you're ordering a Tito's and, and Topo with like, a, with like a lime. You're ordering, so you're, you're making weird shit. Yeah. So we're blending stuff up. And That's a cranberry. Are, <laughs> and so they're sitting at the kitchen table, these two older guys, and Hickenbotham and I are sitting there. My mom walks in and you are busted. I mean, there's no, I mean, you're busted. There's no chance that you can get out of it. Yep. So Hickenbotham always makes fun of me. Because when my mom walked in, he's like, what are you guys doing? What's going on here? And Hickenbotham, make, you know, yeah. he goes, and then Don Beck turned around and said, well, we're mixing some drinks. Because you, <laughs> it wasn't like, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? And I just like, well, I'm mixing some drinks up. Yeah. And then my mom's like, I don't know you. I don't know you. Get out of my house. Mike, I'm calling your mom. Because, you know, all the moms. Yeah. Are. Mike, I'm calling your mom. And we're taking you home. But Hickenbotham, to this day, will like... You know, we'll be hanging out and he'll go, what are you doing? I'm like, and he'll go, I'm just mixing some drinks. (laughs) Because, you know, you're just red hand caught, no chance to getting out of it. Oh, yeah. Just do it. And and back then, once again, no cell phone. So either you've got the rotary phone. So it's like this slow help. But she's calling mom. She's calling the mom. And it's just rotating back and forth. There's boop, 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 boop. And then holding that big phone up to the side of their head. And you hear it ringing. And you're like. So, well, so, if you're outside, you hear the phone ring and you had to yeah. run in because then you hit, and you couldn't tell who called you. Yeah. Because there's no no caller ID. No caller ID. I, I mean, I remember when the answering machine came around. Oh, uh, dude, I got a story for you. We used that to. Will, that, like, these, whoever's listening yeah. will be like, they'll tell this story to other people and they will be like, there's no way that happened. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it happened. So, I'll, let me tell you this answering machine story and then I want to hear this. Sure. So, we used to, we would, we broke into my friend's house lady uh she was she was at the church or something i don't know she like left her back door open so we got we broke into her house i love it when he gets his first prostitute over and it's a guy dressed as a woman uh we break in and we're hanging out and i call from their phone you know you can use your old your own landline and call in and make the phone ring answer and then my buddy picks up her other phone in her house she had two phones as soon as the answering machine kicked on and said, hello? So this is now the answer machine's recording the message. Oh, no. And I go, yeah? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm not supposed to be in here, but uh, if you could tell Tammy to get some more bread, that'd be great. <laughs> and uh, her milk's expired, by the way. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, I should probably get out of here and uh, don't tell her I break into her house to eat, but I'm hungry and homeless. And then hey, we hang up. So we leave. She's our neighbor. Five o'clock rolls around. She comes home, sees the beeping from the... And listens to a message that you've been in her house. Listens to us. Doesn't know we've been in her house. Just knows someone ca- that I called to leave her oh, a message. Thinks that I was leaving her a message. Oh. And gets this. Her milk is expired. We've taken the bread from her house. Oh, jeez. She has called the cops. She's freaked out. And now my buddy and I, we're in a pinch. So we're like, do we just let her freak out? Or, do, I mean, the cops are there. They can't walk over and be like, that was a joke. You left your back door open. We're fucking with you. She was on Paranoid Watch Patrol, single leg, on Paranoid Watch Patrol for a good nine months. I mean, double latching windows, you'd knock on the door, she'd scream, freak out. We had her terrified. And then we just found out that we could just do this at anybody's house. And I, don't, I don't think I ever locked my doors from like when I was in junior high or high school. No. I think our doors and windows were open. All the time. Our front door was like, always I don't. I mean, I don't know if like I ever locked the door. I don't even remember having a key. 
I just walk into my house. Yeah, I never understood the latchkey kids because I just always walked into my house. Because like, it was always open. Like, yeah. my buddies would come over and... Just walk in. Because we never locked anything because you could just... And kids were playing outside and, you know, and your mom would be like, it wasn't like, wear a helmet. It's like, don't... He, You know, my mom <laughs> would scream out the window, hey... I know you're going on your belly straight down on the skateboard down a hill around a turn in the street. Just stay to the side. Yeah. Not like, not like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're crazy. You put a helmet on. That's not what you're supposed to do. It's just stay to the side. Yeah. I made it. We yeah. both, we both made it. I mean, we're, we, we got through it. We got without through a helmet, it. without knee pads, yeah. without like. I mean, yeah. I got hit by a car doing 55 miles an hour, broadside of me on a bike. Right. Bent the bike in half. Yeah. I didn't break a bone in my body. The antenna went through my head. Oh, I was out of the hospital three hours later. And oh, jeez. Like, I mean, concussed for sure. Right. Like, well, Walk it off. Well, yeah. <laughs> no helmet. Right. Nothing. Walk it off. You'll be fine. Scabbed up. Head still bleeding a little bit. Uh, I mean, don't let him bleed. Right. Right? If he sleeps, he might wake up from some nightmares. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. And now I think about, I don't let my daughter in the front yard unless I'm in the front yard with her. My daughter, I don't know if this is good parenting or not, but like I'm scared because, you know, <laughs> yeah. I have a daughter. So like there was one day I said something to her like, you know, we have the area right when you walk out the house and then we have these um, squares walking from the street to to the front of the house. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, go outside and just draw chalk on those because you filled up this one. She's like, what do you want me to just get snatched up? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Jesus. And first of all, I was like, oh man. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, that's sweet parenting. Yeah. Because at least my daughter's thinking about stuff. She's... So in the same regard, we went to the vet and I brought the two dogs, the big uh-huh. dog and the little dog. So I brought the little dog out with Cora and I put her in the car and I locked the door and I went to get the big dog. When I come back out, she's laying on the floorboard with um, London and I go, honey, what are you doing? She goes, there's a dude in a van over there and he's creeping me out. <laughs> I'm like, yes. That's what I want her oh. to be be cautious of and look out for. Is, Absolutely, you know. So, <clears throat> granted, I'm scare tacting her, but, but still, but aware her to be aware of her surroundings. Be a future spot. Be aware of everything. Yeah, it's like what it's like. Jason Bourne, yeah. exactly. Oh, that guy's got a you know yeah. whatever the license plate over there's this, and you know <laughs> they just know your surroundings. Know your surroundings. Harper came up to me the other day and she goes, "Hey, Dad, uh, can girls marry girls?" And I said, "I don't care. Why?" Well, I think I'm going to marry my friend Olive. I'm like, that's fantastic. And Chris looks at me. She's like, why is that fantastic? I'm like, we've completely removed dicks out of the picture. Right. Okay. Like, this is, this is exactly. now. Like, the only thing I have to worry about now is HPV, and there's a shot for that. So <laughs> exactly. I, I couldn't be happier. Right. Yeah. When you have a boy, you just worry about one dick. We yeah. have to worry about all of them. All of them. Right. We have to worry about all the dicks. Yeah. So it's like, you want to remove that scenario? Right. You want to save me that? Yeah. Thank you so much. Exactly. And it's only getting more and more acceptable. So right. I'm a thousand right. percent. Oh, I, I don't have, you know, I'm, I was talking to someone today and I'm like, I was telling a story and I said, are you, you know, are you, do you have a, are you married? Are you whatever? And she's like, no, I'm like engaged or whatever. I'm like, boy or girl. And she's like, to a guy. And I'm like, cool. And then I just finished my story. It wasn't yeah. like I was, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Who it cares? Is what it is. Who cares? Who cares? But I'm like, if you want to remove that angst from me, that's fine. <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah. The first generation where dads are like, I just want my daughter to be lesbian. It's fine. There's enough assholes out there. It's, exactly. it's good. Exactly. <laughs> it's absolutely good. Uh, so question. Um, and I, my buddy Brooks Bear, he's foremost thought leader in suicide prevention in the world. He studied and done more hours and taught more hours on it. And I was telling about this podcast when I first wanted to do it. He's like, you should ask this question. And it's a two-part question. And I was talking to people and they're like, no, you, you can't ask that question. But I believe this movie 
sets it up to ask this question. Okay. Okay? It's a two-part question. Super personal. And you can pass. It's fine. Dude, I'll say whatever. Okay. Right? So, when was the first time you came? And second part, when was the first time somebody else made you come? Oh, I don't remember the first time I did. But okay. But I was probably, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. You know? Pumping something. <laughs> just as, this is a horny guy. Or just already figuring it out, you know? Like, I don't know. This couch is fantastic. Wow, this actually felt kind of good. You yeah. know, maybe climbing a pole. I have no idea. <laughs> Whatever that was. I don't know the exact time, so yeah. I can't give you that specific. Uh-huh. But uh, you're saying, well, like, when, when's and the first time when I was Somebody else stuff? made you, yeah. And that was, I'm not going to say the person's name. Okay. But it was my first time. It was horrible. And it was at her parents' house. And were the parents not home? The parents weren't home. Okay. And it was like, you know, 30 seconds of pleasure. And, yeah. but it was done and I got that box checked and that was when I was a sophomore and she was a junior. Wow. I was first time. I don't, I'm trying to think. I, I like you. I don't remember, but I'm sure, pardon me. There was something that there was a light of flash that hit the mirror or something. God knows. Got a boner. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Showered the, you know. Right. Well, hey. Whatever it is. Uh, first time for me, I, I won't name the girl as well. God bless her. She's married and has, has kids and she's a, she's still a friend of mine. But um, yeah, it was, uh, I think, I want to say her mom was home. We were downstairs making out on the couch. And I remember always, I was 17. Okay. And I always remember thinking, like, you know what? Man, sex ever comes up, I'm going to make sure I have a condom. It's going to be prepared this way, that way, the other way. You can't express into some horny kid's brain how rapidly that progresses. When it starts progressing, right? it's the it's the roller coaster. Like it ticks up slowly, and then it hits the top. And when it's going down... Yeah! Hands are in the air! Your, 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 your hair's rushing back. You get that rush of adrenaline. You're just like... You're like, let's go back. Come and do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And I'm in. Oh, my God, I'm in. Exactly. Dude, nobody moves. Right. Why are you moving? I'm not moving. Oh, stop moving. Right. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. It's, no, it's... I mean... I, I, condoms. It's condoms. I mean, you, you mentioned condoms. So, when I was in college, I was in a fraternity, and we... Um, tried to get this big ceramic horse off this tack shop to use as a display. Mm-hmm. So we got in trouble and I got arrested and I was on probation during college because we had this enormous, like Clydesdale sized plastic horse in the back of this truck. Oh, wow. We popped it off the, and we were driving away and all the cops came. And remember, this is 1988. Yeah. So I did have a pop collar, polo pop collar. <laughs> Puka shells. Yeah. And they pushed us up against the wall. And I remember vividly because I was nervous that I was going to go to jail. And I mean, you know, we weren't drinking. It wasn't like there was any drugs. There was nothing. We were just taking this horse because we were pledges yeah. and we were going to use it as a display. And I remember when the cop was had me up against the car, I reached into my pocket and I threw something out. Well, he jams me down on the on the car and he's like, he goes and gets it. And guess what it was? Condom. Condom, because I was nervous because if my mom was going to bail me out of jail, I didn't want her to find the freaking condom. So I'm like, and he's like, what are you doing? The cop's like looking at me like, you dumbass kid. Like, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing? Why are you throwing the condom? I'm like, I'm nervous my mom will find out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't need my mom to find this out. I don't need my mom to think, I mean, I don't know what, what was going through my head, but you know, what the hell? It happens. You know, I, um, I'm trying to, I remember this was, 
man, 12 years ago, I was living in Newport Beach and my mom was uh, down there for something. I forget what, but she was, she was down from, uh, from Sacramento area and I invited her over to my studio apartment, which was all I could afford at two thousand dollars a month in Newport. Right, just, it was, but it was sweet. It was sweet. Yeah, I was, I, was on the, I was on the beach. Yeah, it was I sweet. Mean, I mean, just, it does. Yeah, it's sweet. It's sweet. Shitty smell because oh. it's right by the ocean. Oh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Sand always on your shit. Yep. Oh, perfect. Who doesn't? And I remember. I want one. There of those was. Places. I know. I just. You just. I want enough money one day to where I just rent one of those and I can just yeah. go there for a week by myself. And just drink coffee, black coffee, and look at the ocean, hear it, peace. smell it, peace. Yeah. Uh, have a beer in the morning and no one judges you there. It's right. just, it's like an airport. Exactly. But where I remember I just had the bed and then I had a thing with the TV on it. And then the kitchen was like, I mean, you can almost reach your hand around this king size bed and reach right. into the kitchen. And the other side, a little bit below closet and stand up shower, bathroom. And right next to it, dude, I forgot to put away... Sex toys. Oh gosh. The lube and the, the condoms. And she walks in and so I open up the door and I go to let her in and I go, Oh mom, did I show you that this is where and I point up and I take my jacket and just throw it in the house and it just slides, rolls, and just covers everything up. Perfect. But I'm thirty-four years old. I'm thirty-four but you years still old. Don't want your parents. Yeah. So to this day, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm joking, but when we were getting out of college, we were talking about college. So when your parents would come over and we lived in yeah. the fraternity, we had a cleaner. So if you weren't there, like let's say the, they, there was one area where your weed was or your yep. or your porn or whatever it was, your magazines or your videotapes. And if you're if like let's say I went down in a car accident, God forbid. Yep. Right. Well, my mom would have to come over to the fraternity house and grab all my shit, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't want her seeing my box of porn and weed yeah so you have a cleaner so you have one of your buddies if i go down <laughs> in an accident he cleans up your shit before your mom get or nice come and clean oh nice it. but then i was you know you got to think strategically well if he's my best friend and he's my cleaner he might be with me in the car 100 so i need a backup cleaner then i need a backup cleaner to that because that guy might be in the car too so you have to have like three stages of cleaners so when, if you go down in an accident you can go get i mean nowadays i don't know how what you know? What you do? Yeah, but you back in the day, you had like VHS tapes. That oh, you've said, got you've got the bracelet, the life alert bracelet. They clean my browser history. Oh yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. But, but what? But back in the day, you yeah. had like a box of porn videos. Yeah, and you had like a pipe and a bong and some weed, and you just didn't want your parents to see that. Yeah, you know. So you had a cleaner. So that's kind of that would be a great like movie, like the cleaner, like oh, but an never... adult as like an. Have you seen Very Bad Things? Yes, I mean. So you have a kind of like if something bad happens or whatever, and the you know let's say the wife's coming, this guy's got to get to the house, clean the house before oh, the wife, great. and then like you parody know, to the wolf from Pulp Fiction, something yeah, yeah like the wolf exactly yes yeah don't worry about this I got this I got this you know I'll, it's twenty minutes away I'll be there in ten yeah you know he pulls in and it's the uh, what is it the Betty situation from yep. Pulp Fiction I think it's Betty or whatever yep. it's the bet that during that little segment it says the Betty situation. And the Betty situation was Quentin Tarantino and and his wife. And he mm -hmm. goes, there's no, like, therapy or, like, whatever. <laughs> my wife will fucking divorce me. Period. <laughs> he finds a dead person in my, in, 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 my, in my garage. There's no, like, therapy. We're fucking done. Done. done period. Done. And he's like, I got it. And he's sitting down. And he's like, hey, do you need a new bedroom set? Here's, you know, here's a grand worth of cash. You know? Yeah. That's exactly. So you have a cleaner. You know? And, you know, he's been in the same... He was the wolf. 
Yep. But then in this movie, um, something with, uh, I think it's Bridget Fonda. Okay. Where he actually is the cleaner in that too. He's a guy that comes in and like cleans the place as well. So he's been the cleaner. Harvey Keitel's been the cleaner in a couple movies. And he did. And those might be the only two movies where he didn't show his dick. It's like, Harvey Keitel, you got to keep your pants on in this film. It's like, are you sure? I, mean, I can show my dick. Yeah, exactly. So our, our first foray into finding out, well, we already know that she's a prostitute, but this is our first foray into, it almost seems like she is, um, she's hooking him in a way, right? Where it's, it's there's this phishing scam going on yeah. and you don't really know even at the end of the movie spoiler alert but you don't really know if she's been she's been baiting him the whole time and this is the first line this is the first bait right right where he's like well you know because the guy he he hits the car but he doesn't hit the car right and you're all you're just joe wondering p. joe p joe p joe he's p. got hair he's got plugs. hair plugs for short um, i love that guy was he in joe p was he he's uh, been on a ton of stuff like, if you pulled up his thing, he's been in a ton of stuff, and he's always kind of that guy. Lethal, was he in a lethal weapon? Oh, yes, I think As he was. As a bad guy, I was I think he, he was, yes. yep. One of the many lethal weapons. And look how relaxed and happy she is now. She's got him. Yeah. Emotionally hooked. Uh, in your in your younger years dating, which, I mean, we all look back on and wonder, what what the hell were we doing? Um, was, there, was there ever a girl who got you hooked? Was there someone who you knew she wasn't good for you, but you kind of kept going back? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, the answer's yes. <laughs> the answer's yes. I mean, yeah. the answer's yes. I think if anybody said they didn't have that, they'd be lying. Then, then they married the girl who they who they first kissed at 13. Well, I mean, there might be that, and that's a sweet little story. Yeah. But percentage-wise, I'm pretty much 90% that they're on the other side, the flip side of, of you had that one that you kind of passed on that you should have been with, and then... Also, there's people that you shouldn't have been with and yep. you stuck with because for God knows for what. whatever the reason may be, or the, or the ones you keep going back to and you don't know why, exactly. and you're both you're both not happy, right? Like, but there's one aspect of it that's good, whether it's the sex, and usually whatever that's the part that's good, right? And everything else just kind of the wheels fall off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a crazy thing because I mean I've been it's the, always crazy. Yeah. It's with always. women and men. Yes. I mean it's. The craziest thing ever. And I no one can there's books about it, there's people that talk about it. No one can really figure that shit out. No, and I think that's that's why there's the volume of books. Right. right? Listen, right. if they figured it out, it'd be one book. Right. Like right. We, we figured out in a fucking spell, it's called the dictionary. There's one. There's one there's, book. There's one book. There's not seven different ways to spell restaurant. Right? Exactly. There's one fucking way to spell restaurant right. and then you're done. Right. There's 9,000 books are men not, are from Mars. 9,000? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could go on Amazon right now, and I bet there's 23,000 books that have something having to do with, <laughs> with women and men not knowing each other. Yeah, or or now the new thing, uh, and I bring it up because they're here in town, and they, they're very open about it. Aubrey Marcus, uh, the founder of, one of the founders of Onnit, and his girl, they're like in this open relationship. Right. They're, they're, I think they're engaged, or they're going to get married, and but they also... They sleep with other people. Right. Yeah, you know, have a good time. Yeah. I was I was in Amsterdam, saw this guy, it's attractive, saw this girl, she's attractive, we hooked up. Right. They're just open and honest about it. But honest is what the whole thing is. If you're yeah. honest and that's the trust part, yep. that's why that kind of shit can work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's gotta be weird. I mean there's it's gotta, gotta be totally fucking weird. Yeah, there's 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 an aspect to it where you're like, okay, so I'm hanging out, I'm at home, let's say I'm at home alone. 
she's out doing something and then she she calls you the next day and she's like hey so uh and i'm probably explaining this wrong because this isn't the kind of relationship that that i'm in or that i would be comfortable in so no forgive way me, forgive me, me for those forgive me, me to those who, who are listening that might be in this relationship and you can email me in and i'll i'll bring it up on another on another day but uh you know she's like hey listen so last night i was out with the girls and uh, i met this um you know swedish baker and he was amazing and I just, you know what, he, he made me an amazing breakfast. And I was like, oh, well, he's okay. Yeah, now, you know, we, we had sex and I'm like, okay, we used condoms, so don't worry about it. And I'll be home soon and I can't wait to see you. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, that's not going to be. That's not, that's it not, weirds me out talking about it. Like it, it weirds, makes my stomach. It makes me weird. nauseous kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I couldn't just, do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Now, for those that can, I mean, God bless you and yeah. good for you guys. And I'm glad it makes you happy. But I think it's one of those very unique and, and, and interesting things when you bring it up because it is, it's so different when you think about, you know, it, it adds to, to this movie because he's he's been with a prostitute now and now she's kind of hooking him in as something, as, as a John, if you will, that she can leverage for more than just A or B. Right. And it's, it's, it's really surreal. It's like, if you look at that kind of relationship, it makes you feel weird. And you look, I mean, I've got to imagine this is how women some in some capacity look at prostitution or something like that. And they're like, oh, this is the horrible, grossest thing in the world. And I'm like, well, that's because, I, I always say that's because it's illegal. Right. Right? I mean, if you make it illegal, you put it underground, shitty people run the underground. Exactly. Not that shitty, listen, politicians are shitty and they run the upper ground as well. They just get paid more openly. Right. Right. And it, 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 there's a little more of a democratic process to it. I love the fact that she's like a businesswoman. She's yeah. like, you got a lot of friends. We can make a lot of money. And then starts creating this whole like business opportunity that she sells him on. Yeah. And then he buys into it and he is sold. So she set the seed. Mm-hmm. He buys into that. And then, well, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But I, I do find it interesting that she sets the seed. By being the power player, looking submissive, she exactly. makes him breakfast in the morning. Exactly, she's wearing his Princeton sweatshirt. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah, she's Rebecca Nemora. I mean, she's yeah, she still was, a gorgeous. She was the real deal. She was the real deal. She was the real deal. Nineteen eighty-three. I mean, that's just you know, and you know, Tom is he's, he's it's so funny. Bangs. Oh, bangs were in. Bangs and solid. long hair, yeah. solid. And I do love these. Like, all right, I got to go to school. Right, not work. I gotta go to high school. Gotta go to high school. So, you you have to go. She's yeah. Like, I don't think I have to go. Yeah, she's just gonna hang out. No, I think I'll hang out here. Yeah, I'll see you when you get back from school at three thirty. Yeah. It's just so weird. Ride, ride your bike home. Yeah. He's like, uh, I'm gonna steal your dad's Porsche. I'm gonna go pick up my friend. Right. In the train. Oh, and uh, no, I won't steal anything. I promise. Right. And that freaking egg, or whatever that, that thing is on the weird, car. Yeah. That that glass. glass thing yeah yeah it was like you know i mean you know how when he's diving trying to catch it oh it's just that's awesome it's it's such a it's a unique thing and smoking in the house yeah no problem uh not a 1983. problem 1983 1983 not a no problem. big deal now smoking anywhere i could smoke two days ago walk into my house and i would be like the fuck did someone smoke in here exactly someone smoked two days ago in wisconsin when I was getting, when I was walking in between the car and the airport, I caught a whiff of it, and it sticks with you. It's, it's such a forbidden thing now. Right. It sticks with you for days. Right. This bitch is smoking in the fucking house. Right. 
that gets in but your. But we're in Austin, so you can walk down the street. And you don't smell a lot of cigarettes, but you do smell a lot of weed. Yeah, and it's just like a normal occurrence. Like even our children smell it, and they're like, "Oh, oh, oh, okay, I know that smell." Yeah, that's just a normal smell of Austin. And I would, I mean, it's one, it's 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 a weird thing. You bring up weed, but it's it's one of those weird things where we're we're okay with alcohol and we're okay with with cigarettes. Two things that one hundred percent destroy your body. Totally. Really bad for you. Yeah. And can kill you. You can overdose on both of them. You can right. overdose on nicotine and die. Yeah. For sure overdose on alcohol and die. Yeah. You cannot overdose on weed. I tried it. Yeah. <laughs> I smoked like 45 bong hits one time in college. And I did it. Yeah. I uh, I tried I tried to overdose, not intentionally, but just me not knowing to read labels and just being the go-getter that I am. Right. I was in Colorado. I've told this story before. Uh, but I was in Colorado on edibles. I'm like, oh, I don't like to smoke it. Right. The, the bad breath thing, yeah, it just yeah. weirds me out. So I went into this, I went into two different dispensaries. I bought some gummy rings. I got yeah. a pack of gummy rings, pack of um, Sour Patch Kids. I got some s'mores. I got some cookies. Yeah. I got a bar of chocolate. And uh, I got some, I got something else. I forget what else I got. And my friend Heather got the same thing. And we'd been drinking all day. And I started eating it. I was like, I had that bar of chocolate. And it says on there, just eat one square. Yeah, slow down because it's going to hit you. It's going to hit you. So I had the bar of chocolate, I had the gummy worms, oh, I had the Sour Patch Kids, and I had the cookies. And you went sideways. I was so happy. <laughs> I was just... But what people forget to tell you is that in that world, just smoking gives you dry mouth. Edibles give you crazy dry mouth. And then your decision making is shit because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to chew some gum. That'll work. I'm going to put cotton balls in my fucking mouth. Right. There's no way. There's no way. Absolutely, positively no way. So, uh, but it was, it was pretty nuts. It was a lot of fun. Um, I learned quickly that I love edibles, but I also probably, I need to learn a little more patience. Um, you mean? A little pacing. Yeah, pacing. <laughs> Not patience, but pacing. I think pacing is probably a better probably word. Probably a better it. word. Right. Or you need to do like experimental. You need to be like at home in bed and be like, okay, I'm going to take half a gummy bear and see how that affects me. And then take a full gummy bear the next day and kind of get proportionally <laughs> correct, ready. but not four different items in one <laughs> sitting. Oh, those things are tasty. They, you know, they taste good. Yeah. It's not like you're eating Skittles, you I know, and you're really dropping, thought it was. And you're, and you're dropping a bunch of Skittles in your mouth. Oh, it was so good. I was so excited about it. Yeah. I, but you know, that's the funny thing. Like, eh, you know, I, that's my personality. I mean, I get excited about it and I go after it full tilt. And because, you know, I wake up the next morning and I feel fine, I don't get those repercussions. Right. No hangovers. There, no, no, like... None of that yeah, shit. Right. So then, then it's, what's the point? It's right. like, okay, well, I'm going to go after it. Uh, that, that's why also, like, I've, I've only done Coke once. Yeah. And then I've been like, I need to get out of here only because I'll just try to do the whole bag because right. this is so much fun. Right. I did MDMA once and my buddy's like, you're going to kill a horse. You, I'm going to make you stop. I've tried everything a couple times. <laughs> like, don't just try something once. Yeah. But um, all that, I just, you know, obviously the stuff that I've been going through recently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, that's all put to rest or whatever. But it, the weed did help when I was going through the, the chemo and shit. The chemo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I didn't have to take like four different meds. And what was funny is when I'm sitting in the chemo chair, there's like a 75-year-old lady, 85-year-old man, 75-year-old lady, 60-year-old man. And they're sitting there, and I'm getting the chemo. You know, they're in the chair for a couple hours, and yeah. this lady's talking to this guy, and this guy's talking to this lady, and I'm like, what are they talking about? And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, weed. You're not smoking that weed? 
And this is like some 75. And I'm like, well, I've smoked weed before. Yeah. And they're like, well, you need to smoke that weed. And you need I, to smoke I'm, that weed. Yeah, whatever the weed was. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And so I got some. And I'm not from some dude on the street or whatever. Yeah. But it really did help because of the chemo and because of the steroids and stuff that I was on to help me sleep and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that helped a lot. Why it's not legal, I freaking have no idea. The benefits of it for people that are going through cancer is just silly. I mean, it just really does help your appetite. It helps your nausea. It helps everything. And it, and it made a big impact. I got off of four other different meds. I mean, I was still on like 37 different meds. Yeah. But, um, during that period of time, it was good. And then even after I had a stem cell transplant in 2017. Mm-hmm. So even after that, I asked, you know, I said, hey, can I? And he goes, no, you can't. So I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. But I did have like oil and stuff, and yeah. that really did help at a period of time. You know, now I'm good and I don't do it. But during that period of time, man, there's I don't know why it's not legal. I don't know why it's not available. I don't know why it can't be prescribed to people that are going through that hard time because it's stupid not to. Changed your life. It, it really did help in a positive way. I was sleeping like, you know, I I didn't sleep on Monday nights because I was taking like just crazy amounts of steroids to get through the chemo. So I was I didn't sleep Monday night maybe an hour and two on Tuesday, maybe three on Wednesday. That's not a lot of hours of sleep in three days. What does that so do when, to your brain real quick? What does that do when you're up that much to your brain? Because you're, your you're a smart just, guy and you're a thinker. Your body's just weak and you're just tired. And you know, you're still trying to work and you're trying to support your family. You're trying to do a lot yeah. of different things. But when the when the week came in and we, you know, I started doing that, yeah. I would sleep like two or three hours on Monday, three to four hours on Tuesday. And that's what the part of like changing your life because you actually got some sleep. You know, you just have to push through it. I mean, you know me. Yeah. I, like one, one of my buddies said, relentlessly positive. Dude, I've been in dark places and you just got to pull your shit out and you got to pull yourself up and you just got to be relentlessly positive. Relentlessly positive. Now, I mean, in, in an age and in, in still a, a time when, um, when suicide is at an all-time high. With, right. with veterans and other people and famous people taking their lives and they seem theoretically happy on the outside. And of course, you know, when they're famous, you only see one portion or snapshot of their life. You don't see every, every part of their day. How do you, how would you prescribe or how would you share that, what it means to be relentlessly positive? Like when you're waking up and it's dark and you've been in some dark places. Yeah. And when you're... When you're sitting there and, and it's... When I'm in a bed in a hospital yeah. for 37 or 27 days and yep. by myself, you yeah. know, and, and you're on lockdown or apartment afterwards for two or three months. You're not getting stripper grams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one can come over except yeah. like one person and they got to like strip down and wash their clothes and take a shower after they get off the plane or come into town. I mean, there's just, you just have to pull yourself up. I mean, you know, and you're doing it for who? You're doing, you know, it has to be for somebody else. It has to be for yourself. Yeah. It has to be for your daughter. It has to be for whoever it may be. You have to just pull yourself up. I mean, there's a lot of people that have probably, you know, there's so much mental things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I wouldn't even be able to speak to. I just know that I personally, you know, when you feel like you're going down that dark path, you just have to kind of spin yourself around and force yourself to stand up. To force yourself, if you can't stand up, you fucking get on your knees and you crawl. Yeah. If you can't get on your knees, you freaking take your elbow and you, you drag yourself across the ground. But you get your fucking ass out of bed, you take a shower, you do what you got to do, 
and you just put on a, you know, you relentlessly positive and you just have to because you're doing it for someone else like your daughter. You're doing it for someone else so you'll be around for a long time. Yeah. So I don't know the answer. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people. I talked to someone that went through a stem cell, talked to other people, and it's like, it, it's like we have a bond. Like no one will have a bond like we do because, you know, my buddy came into town one time and we we're sitting there. We went in. This guy's telling me about his freaking hemorrhoids and shit. And my buddy's like, what the hell? And I'm like, dude, it, yeah, that's we're, we're part of a crew, you know? Yeah. We're the people that are, you know, cancer killing motherfuckers. You know, we're, we're that's what my uh, thread is with my buddies from uh, high school and college and stuff. Uh-huh. They renamed it cancer killing motherfuckers. So it's a great band name, too. It would be. You that's know? a great band name. Exactly. And you could just put like, um, you know, like. CKMF, yeah. CKMF everywhere. Cancer killing motherfuckers. That's fantastic. You you should get some hats done that say, <laughs> that they just have CKMF on them. Well, not yet. I want to make sure it's like a no hitter. You don't want to jinx it, but yeah. hopefully when I am, yep, then I then yeah, put me in line. Yeah, I will. We'll get you a flat bill with a please. With, we'll get you a flat <laughs> bill that says CKMF. Dude, I'm, I'm a thousand percent down on exactly. that. Exactly. I'll do some talking during movie shirts and put CKMF on them and. Perfect. We'll just take every one of the proceeds and give it to whomever, whatever you want them to. Yeah, I'm going to do the, uh, my buddy TJ, he's part of the damn cancer thing. Yeah. So, um, I was my, we were, I was mile marker number 18 this past year. Dope. Which was pretty cool. Um, so I'm going to do that damn cancer this next year. Nice. No ass or not. No ass or not. By the way, folks, you, 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 when Steve came in, he's talking, always impeccably dressed, looking good. And I'm like, dude, you look great. He's like, I don't have an ass. Right. I'm like, dude, you look great. I lost my ass. They literally, it took my ass. Yeah, so we're dealing with all the stuff and I ended up being stupid and going snowboard and breaking my back in three spots because, you know, my bones are like 85-year-old woman. My doctor's like, it's probably not a good idea to go snowboarding. I'm like, I'm But you're relentlessly positive and you're going after stuff. I'm going on the mountain. So I did yeah. blues and greens, blues and greens. I'm like, ah, I've done that black diamond many a times. Drop in, boom. Oh, fuck. So, regardless, I haven't been able to do squats, walk up steps for a while. So now I'm a no-ass man. No-ass man. Exactly. <laughs> Only a man with a narrow ass could fit through that hallway. I'm that guy. You're that guy. I'm that guy. You need to start an Instagram where you got all the girls with the fat asses, and then you just got the no-ass. You're like, listen, somebody likes this. Somebody's going to want to see this Instagram profile. I, I, I will have an ass sooner or later, but... <laughs> All right, so I'm ready to tell you the moly early, yes, yes, early, early story. Yes, as by the way, as, as we, we, it's funny because you're telling me this story as, as uh, Cruz and Bronson and the, and the chicks uh, just got high and he's about ready to lose his car to, well, yeah. the river or the lake or whatever it is there in Michigan that he's got. But he's eating ice cream. It's on his nose, I think, a little bit. And yeah. he's, uh, he's there, getting ready. So let's be honest. I mean, he is stoned out of his mind <laughs> he's having a hard time right now he's going a little sideways and his buddy's trying to like sort him out and like direct him the right path direct him over, like let me get with this hooker you get with your hooker exactly uh, we gotta go exactly eat some of that ice cream yep chill out chill out so my friend do tell now all right so i got this buddy moley and Erdly. those are their okay. last names so this is a you know this is a while back i'm 49 years old so these guys are a couple years older than me so they were living together in st louis and this is back when, like, Katie Kirk's husband passed away from okay. whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever type. I, I'm not really exactly sure. She had, like, seven husbands died. So I think w- she's one, a... One of the... The one that died of, like, prostate or colon or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, they're what... Erdley is, like, a germaphobe. He's the guy that has hand sanitizer, like, you know, on his belt buckle kind of guy. And Molly's just an... Evil. 
<laughs> in a good way, but then also a bad way. Yeah. So I'm going to try to make the story short, but there's a lot more detail to it okay. that, that I have not told. When I hear the story, I cry laughing because it's that funny. And I've heard the story a thousand times. I've told the story probably a thousand times and probably half of those times people are like, there's no way. So I'll pick up the phone, I'll hand the phone to him, and it'll be Molly or yeah. and uh, um, my and Tracy actually met. We were at a basketball game mm-hmm. and introducing her to people, and she goes, "You're Erdly? Oh, you're the guy." And he's like, "Yes, I'm the guy." Yeah, you know, I'm the guy. So, so here's the story. Yeah. So they're they're roommates after college, whatever year, and we we talked earlier about the answering machine. Yep. When the answering machine came out, you had to push a button. And it would give you your message, right? Yeah. And then you'd erase the message or whatever. So Molly comes back after they see this thing on Katie Couric and early says, well, you know what? I think I should probably go get checked out. He's 26 years old. He doesn't need to get a rectal exam yeah. for prostate because he's 26 years old. But Molly says, oh, you should probably do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, he just supports his decision. Right. Just kind of screw him. Get after it. So... Molly comes back and pushes the button on the answering machine, old school, and it says, I'm going to paraphrase it, this is Tina from Dr. Smith's office. We've had a lot of uh, people calling to try to get in to get tested. Um, It's two weeks out. Sorry about that. Please bring your ID in. We're still at this address, blah, 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 blah. So Molly erases that message and leaves this message. He has a secretary call and leave this message. Same beginning. This is Tina from Dr. Smith's office. Sorry, you know, it's late, blah, 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 blah. And then adds this. You'll be receiving a package in the mail from Dr. Smith, which will have literature on, you know, that form of cancer, a letter from the physician, and a fecal receptacle. So Moley goes down to the doctor's office, scans in a business card, writes this letter from the literature that says... Erdly has to bring in 10 ounces of his own crap into the doctor's appointment and goes to like a Randall's or an HEB and gets a clear Rubbermaid container and puts an Avery label on the top with his no. with his birth date, his full name, everything, and like some made up like medical records number and sticks it on and sends the box to his house, to Erdly. Erdly gets the box. Molly's looking for it. It's back in the back of his closet. So two weeks go by. Remember, the appointment was yeah. two weeks. So two weeks go by. And there was a golf tournament. So everybody's in on this. So I've got a bunch of buddies that are doctors and Erdley's like always asking questions like, dude, like Fonz, my buddy Mark Alonzo, like, well, what, what is this thing? Why don't And Fonz talked over his head like, well, what it is is they set up biomarkers, genetic, bi-, and talking way over his head. So Erdley believes it. Erdley actually called again and said, do I really have to do this? Left a message. Moley was intercepting these messages and having his secretary. Fantastic. So there's a lot more detail behind yeah. that, but it's just intensely specific on how he had to manage this for two weeks. So the day comes. Erdly has a brown paper bag mm-hmm. with a clear Rubbermaid container in it with the Avery label on top of it with his own shit in it. And, <laughs> and, and, his, and, his, and his ID. I mean, and his like card. So he goes into the doctor's office and you know how they slide the thing back? Oh, they, yeah. You know, they push a button or whatever and slide... And there's a lady there, and the lady's name is Tina, who is the one that left the message. Hey, Tina, this is, you know, I'm, you know, Mr. Early, here's my, you know, here's my thing, and hands her the brown paper bag. She opens up the bag and pulls this out, and there's shit. shit. Yeah. 
So then they're kind of arguing back and forth and handing it back and forth to where it's uncomfortable. And he's like, I talked to you. He never talked to her. This is an answer. <laughs> I talked to you twice. You know what? And, it, and it's going back and forth to where it was getting uncomfortable to where she had to leave, grab the doctor. The doctor brought her, brought him into a room. <clears throat> Excuse me. Told, told him that someone had pulled a horrible joke on him. And you know what he said? Molly. <laughs> knew it knew it knew it was moly and then so i've heard this story many times so that's horrible right that that whole thing i told that story at thanksgiving and my mom looked over at me and said i don't want you hanging out with that moly guy i go i'm 25 years old i'm yeah. he's my friend it's gonna happen she goes that's just that's just beyond me and she goes that's just that's fantastic that's just horrible so down the road you know Story gets told, and Erdley goes, well, you know how I'm kind of like a germaphobe and everything? You know, that's kind of, you know, I, I don't like, well, yeah, it was a horrible thing. Molly got me. They didn't talk for like two months after because Erdley was so pissed off at Molly. They lived together. So they just walk in, walk by each other, you know, oh, not shit. talk. But Erdley tells his story, and he's like, well, not only did Molly embarrass the crap out of me, making me bring my own feces into the doctor's <laughs> office, but I'm so anal and stuff that I don't know how much 10 ounces were. So the first one was too runny. I had to clean that out. The second one was too big, so I had to cut it up. So he made me play with it, too. <laughs> Isn't that the most evil story you've ever heard in your entire That's fantastic. life? fantastic. It is. The, just the thought process behind that to figure out the I effort. Am, I am going to fuck with my buddy so bad that this story will be told for the rest of our lives and oh. probably at his eulogy. You That's know effort. I That's mean, just that is classic just, this good is back. This is back when... This is like... Back in the day when you had to like, there was no Kinko's FedEx. Yeah. There was no like. It was real work. Oh, it was. I mean, he spent a quality amount of time, you know, packaging this thing up and printing stuff out and, 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 you know, copying. I don't think there was a scanner where you could like yeah. put a, put the logo. He had to like go and make a copy and then put the you thing You had to on, cut it out. Cut it on Cut and paste. Exactly. Yep. He had probably glue. He had like a whole crafting area. Oh, he should be in arts and crafts, dude. That that's is, fantastic. And people don't believe that story. And I picked up the. How phone do you now. not believe that story? That's a great story. So I've handed the phone, and I'm like, and and it'd be like you, and you'd be yeah. like, is this Molly? And he's like, yep. Yeah. He's worse down, but well, he just told me the story. Is it true? Yep. yep. Totally true. <laughs> Whatever he told you is exactly spot on. You know. So when Tracy met early, she's like, I didn't say it in the beginning. But she's yeah. like, you're the shit guy. And he's like, oh. and he's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. You know. We were, uh, my buddy, Father John, just seven foot tall, former basketball player. He's a germaphobe. Just big time. Just does, you know. I was, um, I was walking around. I was in Vegas. And we'll go to Vegas together. He and, and I and then my buddy Brett used to live or lives there. And we'd go in there and hang out and everybody would get a night. It was my night to get drunk. And everyone else can have some drinks, but you really, we all can kind of tie them on pretty, pretty, pretty aggressively. And so you got to be watched and not just by one person. You got to, you got a two person system. You've got two or three cleaners. Yeah. Got two or three cleaners. For Actually, sure. they're handlers. In yeah. Case. In this case, let's, they're call them, let's call them handlers <laughs> yeah. instead of cleaners. <laughs> they're definitely handling me. And so I have, um, I started off and we're at this casino and I figured out how to get two waitresses bringing me drinks, two different ones. Free drinks. Oh, that's solid. You don't need that. No, no, I don't need that. And I'm winning. So I'm winning and I'm getting cocktails. Oh. So I'm tipping do you, do you well. Know what, do people know what winning is? Yeah. Winning means you're losing. Like yeah. when you wake up in the morning and there's like 10 guys and, you know, and you're hanging out with your buddies and 
you're like, oh man, I think Don, I think Don Beck won, or I think Jason won. Yeah. You're not winning. No. It means you were the drunkest, or you were you you know. I that was, and there was I was money wise, I was maybe up a hundred bucks. Oh, that, winning! You meant yeah, Vegas. but no, but also, no, I'm but winning also, no, like that. I'm also winning like that as well. So <laughs> gotcha. I'm winning and losing, and I'm winning and winning. Got it. But the, with me tipping so much, I'm breaking even. Right. So I do one big hand. I walk with about 600, 700 bucks. And then we go, we go upstairs. I lose these guys for a minute. And I meet this guy and he's this African-American. And I go, he's in a cardigan. And I'm like, you look like Carlton from Fresh Prince. And he goes, well, I'm not. And I said, well, he goes, but, you know, I'm waiting for my boyfriend. And I go, that'll be your boyfriend for right now. Let's hear a bottle of wine. I just won. So I throw down a hundred bucks and I'm sitting there. My buddies are right across the bar. They're watching me and Gay Carlton ha- share this bottle of wine, and we're chatting about his boyfriend, and we're cheersing. And I'm like, "Does he treat you right?" Getting more drunk. Oh god, on wine after you've been on drinking, wine. like just just drinks beer. and beer yeah, and, and shots of tequila. Oh god, oh, you're just, just adding insult to injury. You definitely won that night. No, I won for hundred percent. So then they walk around, they go, "Jepson," I'm like, "Oh, these are, these are my friends. They're gonna take me away now." And so we we get in the elevator, we're hanging out. And I go, John, can I can I touch your face? He's like, no, you do not touch me. I don't know where your hands have been all fucking night long. Don't touch me. And the elevator's jam-packed with people. And I've got a Bootsy Collins shirt on. And this lady's like, who's Bootsy Collins? I'm like, you watch your fucking mouth, lady. And everyone's like, excuse you, sir. And I'm like, it's Bootsy Collins. Right. So now I've got the whole elevator against me. And I'm trying to touch John's face. And people are stepping in between us because they don't know we know each other. I'm walking through the casino. I just lost like 30 pounds. My pants are a little loose on me. I don't own underwear. My pants fall down. I'm half naked in the casino. I go, John, if I bend over to pull these up, I'm going to fall over. you got to help me. So now he and Brett are 10 feet away, and they're arguing about who's going to pull my pants up. And I'm, like, I'm not pulling his pants up. I'm not getting anywhere near that drunk asshole. He's probably going to say thanks for blowing me. So they're arguing. I'm standing there. I don't know how casino security has not gotten this. Finally, someone comes up and just pulls my pants up, tightens I mean, my belt. If you got your junk out in the casino, you would assume that someone's going to like, yeah, take you away. Take me away. No one's taking me away yet. And then you know, we call John, Father John. I'm like, Father John, I'm going to start blessing people. And as I'm blessing them, I'm pushing a little too hard on their heads, and I'm actually they're hitting into the vending machine. The, oh, the, the, <laughs> like, bless you, bless you. Oh man, this lady was heavy. I thought she was pregnant. I'm like, bless your child. She's oh, like, I'm not pregnant. Gosh. <laughs> And then I keep trying to touch John's face. Germaphobe. Yeah. So I just start rubbing my hands down his arms, down his back. He's like, i got to burn this fucking shirt. Oh, I don't know what's going on. I hate every moment of this. Brett's trying to drive us home. I see a fire. I'm like, let's pull over and help these guys out. Like, yeah, Jefferson, that's what they need. They need your drunk ass with your dirty fucking hands. And I'm begging to, to help with this fire. They finally get me home. I get back out to the casino somehow. I'm blind drunk. I win big again. I buy a pink gorilla suit because that's what you do. $200 pink gorilla suit. Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> I come back home in a cab. I come back to my buddy Brett's house, but I don't know exactly where he's at. It's one of those track homes. They all look alike. The cab, he's like, dude, I'm done driving around. Like, I'm off. Get out of my fucking cab. Right. He's like, dude, I've got thousands of dollars here. Right. Like, just you know, one another hundred. He goes, no, I want you out of my cab. So now I'm walking through a neighborhood outside of Vegas holding part of a pink gorilla suit while the hands are on because it's cold outside and the top is on because it's cold outside. I finally find his house, sneak in through the doggy door, fall asleep, 
with hundreds of dollars everywhere and pink fur, only 30 minutes later have his wife walk downstairs and scream because there's a guy dressed in a half pink gorilla suit with $100 bills everywhere and she doesn't know what the fuck happened. It's Vegas. She's, she's just it. like... She's probably seen it 16 like, times. Oh, it's Jepson. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's Vegas. Everybody everybody has the Vegas story and yeah. it's like this. You're just like, oh, Vegas. And ever, it's just like, it's known. It's yeah. Like, Oh, Vegas. Splitting queens? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got two queens playing blackjack. Split those. Like, dude, don't recommend that. Yeah. People are just pissed. Like, dude, just, dude, keep that. Don't fuck the whole table. Right. Get another queen. I'm like, break that off. Got three aces. I was like, see, I know what I'm doing. They're like, no, you don't. You're a drunk idiot. Get out of here. Getting kicked off of blackjack tables by other players. Yeah. Just a moron. So, Cruz is about to make some money. Dude, I was, I was, he was just talking to like those two guys and he was like going through the, like the scenario. The no, he's like, so here's what you do. You know, you buy a burger and this is what it yeah. costs here and this is what it costs here. And then so you go to the movies, parking. Yeah. Parking. <laughs> and then he's like, what Drinks. do you get? You get a kiss? Yeah. No. And yeah, exactly. So for 60 bucks, huh? Right. Yeah. Over 80. Right. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Just saying. He's selling the guy at the gas station right now. Well, college girls, college girls can smell it. Yeah. Inexperience. Exactly. It's like stink on shit. Right. Where are you going to school? Oh, University of Pennsylvania? Okay. Have a good one. I I love this as um what is uh what's one of the weirdest ways you've made money? Is there a weird way you've made money? So in or, college I didn't have any money, so we did two different <laughs> things. Well I bartended, but yeah. One way is I was in a fraternity, so I borrowed this is back in like 89. Okay. So I borrowed like $10,000 from one of my fraternity brothers. Whoa. Which was like $3 million back yeah. in 89. I mean, like, dude, yeah, it's crazy. a shit ton of money. So this guy's asking me, he trusted me. He's like, what are you doing? You know, he thought it was drugs. I'm like, no. I go, I got a plan. So my buddy Doug Dunlay and I, who he lives in Chicago and owns a bunch of restaurants and stuff, super cool cat. He, uh, him and I paid these uh, 32 fraternity brothers to camp out overnight and back when I went to school we were in the big eight so it's Kansas and Missouri basketball oh yeah so they were number one and number two so it was huge so each student could buy two tickets so we would buy a ticket for the big eight uh, championship you know the tournament mm-hmm. and we had all of our pledges camped out so they would get seats and we'd buy blocks of seats. But remember, there was no internet. So we had to put yeah. an ad in the Kansas City Star and the St. Louis Post of Dispatch. And back in those days, thinking about it now, you're like, what the hell? We would put ads in and let's say the tickets were 200 bucks a piece. We'd buy, you know, Maybe, yeah. as many as you could buy. 50 tickets? Whatever the tickets were. Yeah. And we'd get them all these blocks and we'd sell them to these people. And people would call us on the fraternity house phone <laughs> because we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. And say, yeah, okay, I'd like to buy... Four of those tickets for twelve hundred dollars or sixteen hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Where do you live? I live in St. Louis. Well, let's meet at mile marker number seventy-eight outside of Dillweed, Missouri. Yeah. And we'd drive and we'd meet some dude at seven o'clock because that's what the plan was on the side of the highway at just some cash gas station and tickets and just like wads of cash and tickets and make a transaction. On the side of the highway. Totally safe. And totally safe. <laughs> and then we do the same thing driving between. I mean, we're talking about some scary ass like truck stops we'd be driving into. Making a transaction. This guy would hand me a wad of cash for like 2700 bucks, And I'd hand him a, a sheet of tickets. And they believe and they trust because there's no yeah. way. 
back then you didn't like have Kinko's FedEx. You didn't yeah. have those things. You couldn't like reproduce or fake them. They were the real deal. We so we be we made probably, I mean we, the guy we borrowed the ten grand from. I think we paid him fifteen hundred bucks. Paid him off in two weeks. Dope. And made like forty five hundred dollars, four thousand dollars a piece, which was like one shit and a half million dollars. Yeah, shit ton probably. of money. Right, shit ton of money. So that was a great. We did that scam or that deal. That was like scalping tickets. Yeah. But kind of legit, but not really. And then the other thing too is we would go because I had that Jeep. Doug would go into like the general classroom building, which was four floors, and go to every single floor and say that he lost his chemistry book and look in the lost and found. And then he'd come out and write it down. And then I'd go into the next building and do the same thing. And then we'd go back like two days later, a different person, and say, hey, I lost a blue backpack with the chemistry 101 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and take those books and bring them back and sell them each semester. So we'd make anywhere from $2,500 to $3,500 a semester. Selling books. Selling books back that were in the lost and found. Nice. It was because you get like fifty bucks for a book, or forty yeah. bucks for a book, or thirty bucks for a book. Which, well, if you take yeah. thirty bucks, it was like seven hundred eighty-five dollars yeah. back in eighty-nine. You know, so that was another cool. But then we had to start paying the pledges and other people to go because when you're bringing books back, wads of books. Yeah, they got. They're like they didn't have like cameras back then, or they didn't have. But there's like some security guy going, "You brought back, you know, a hundred and eighty-seven books." <laughs> It's, what are you doing? You well, know, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? So we had to start, you know, funneling. I'd have these guys coming in. They'd get like a piece of the action, get like 10%, 15% to bring back 10 books. And, you know. Nice. So that was the other scam. Damn. Pretty You're good. money maker. Yeah. Has that always been a, a thing? What? Just figuring out different ways to make money because of maybe the way you grew up or that you wanted to change or. Well, I mean, I, you know, I guess, you know, we didn't have any money or whatever. So I had the, I had the lawn mowing business, which I bought the yeah. Jeep with. I had a couple people working for me. So I, you know, took a little piece of the action, but back then you'd mow a lawn for $10, $15, big lawn. You might mow it for $20. Yeah. Bagging it, everything. Oh yeah. The I whole mean, thing. Yeah. The whole thing for 20, but 20 bucks was a ton of money. So then I'd get it all set up, and then I'd have all these little workers doing it. So, yeah, some some of those things. I mean, it's some cool little things. I wish I would have done it more often yeah. as an adult and created some cooler things. You know, I got this book that said, it just, it's just like a little notepad. It says, trust your crazy ideas. Oh, I like that. You know, it's like a little notebook or whatever. So, you know, you think of all these things. Everybody does. Like, you do, I do. All these people think, this would be a great thing. But no one ever knows how to go down and explore that and see if it can turn into something cool or who to talk to to get that figured out, you know? It's weird. And, you know, you <clears throat> you talk about that. I remember we were... And we're, we're, I'm talking about this because yeah. this is a money-making opportunity. This is a money-making, yeah. I mean, I mean, the guy makes... I don't know what his final tally is, but it's like tens of thousands of dollars. Tens of thousands of dollars and fuck Princeton. Exactly. But it's, it's interesting. I mean, like, I remember I was... Fresh out of college, so 1997, I took a year off. 1997, I'm out of college. I'm sitting in my single studio apartment in Costa Mesa with my buddies. I said, I've got an idea. I'm like, all right, what? I said, I want to do PFCS. I'm like, what the hell is that? I go, post forensics cleaning service. Someone breaks into your house, you replace the door, <clears throat> you can clean up the finger. Oh, that's a great idea. Uncle Tom blows his head off. You go clean up the brain matter. You get you do everything, and you also provide counseling services 
And so you have the counseling side, you have the cleaning side, and you have the, the building side. So you have all three of those, you, and you just work with the police, and hopefully you get licensed by insurance people. So Holy shit. That. Let's do it. So we're trying to figure it out. I'm talking to my dad because he used to sell insurance, and he's just, I mean, my, my first stepdad. I'm talking to my first stepdad, and he's just like, this kid, he's always got crazy ideas. This is just dumb shit. I'm like, Dad, you know insurance people. You're in the insurance business. You're in the finance business. Like, help Plus, me out. no one wants to clean up fucking brain matter. No one does. So this is the company <clears throat> that goes in, and you get paid wicked amounts of money to do yeah. that shit. It's not like, you know, more hands where yeah. they're, where there's gonna, they're going to come clean your house for 100 bucks. You're cleaning up, like, feces and shit. Yeah. Like those hoarder people type crap. Exactly. I mean, you're charging them shit tons of money to get yep. that thing cleaned up. And he's kind of blowing me off, blowing me off, and just basically... Took the steam out of it. He's like, you're not going to do this. I'm not wasting my fucking connections on you. You know, and it just, and then my other buddy, we didn't know how to do a business plan. So he's like sitting at Barnes and Noble, like, you know, just looking Have at the business plan up. books. Yeah. Just pulling right. up some books and doing that shit. Because there's no internet. There's no internet. Right. And we're messing around. We're like handwriting out this business plan. And anyways, you just, you, you're young and you, we, we lost steam. Like five years later, I get a call. Um, I'm living in the Bay Area. And I'm, I'm hanging out, I'm working for this PR firm, and my buddy goes, hey, uh, my mom said she heard this on Oprah, and I, you know, now the internet's coming out, and I found this news article, check it out. A guy started a similar company in Washington, D.C. He was on Oprah because in three years, he was worth $700 million, oh. and he had opened one in New York and one in Miami, oh, and he was going for Detroit next, right? And oh, he was just crazy. And then, I mean, but he had the gumption to go for it, right? Like he didn't, and he was talking about how he didn't know how to do any, he didn't know how to do a business plan, he didn't know any of that, and most importantly, he did not care that he did not know, and he just ran after it. Trust your crazy ideas. Trust your crazy ideas. Trust your crazy ideas. Trust them, folks. And, and, and then explore them. And, yeah. And, and. I mean, don't, you know, you got, you got to make money. You got to pay your yeah. rent. You got to eat, feed your kids. You got to pay for your car, but spend 45 minutes a day trusting your crazy ideas. And also I think, you know, in trusting your crazy ideas, I would love it. And I probably would have done a better job saving as a kid. If I was told to save for my crazy ideas, instead of to save in case something bad happens, save in case you lose your job. You're well, that's exactly, not fun to say. No, for. actually you're exactly right. Like it's like. You know, your grandfather, your mom, or your dad said, yeah. well, you need to put like this percentage away for hard times. Yeah. No, what you should push kids to think is, hey, listen, you're going to come up with some badass, crazy idea yep. that could turn into you doing something to help others Yep. that you enjoy, love doing. Number one, it could be something that just makes you a shit ton of money yeah. that hopefully you would be able to help others. Whatever. You know? Yeah. So put that money away for that kind of shit. Exactly. Then I would be, I would have done the same thing. I would say, oh, that's fucking a great idea. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to put 50% away because I'm going to come up with some crazy shit. And, and I, I want to be able to. you thinking differently. All right. of a sudden, you're now, your mind goes from, oh, I can't, you know, oh, well, hopefully nothing bad happens and, and life's feeling good right now. So I don't need to put 10% away. I'm going to do 5%. Don't think of the negative. Think of the positive. Exactly. So what you're thinking is you're th that's a negative put money away. Yeah. The positive put money away and you'll put more money away. Exactly. You know, I like that. It's just, that's a great idea. Put money away. Tell your kids to put money away so they can do some cool shit when they yeah. get older. So they can, I mean, if you can do that and then also when you look at someone's life and look at success or look at what they're doing and you like it, 
or you think it's amazing or you're wondering how they did it, don't start reading the book at chapter 10. Right. Read the book at chapter 1 and reach out to them. You'd be surprised at who you can reach out to that will respond back. Be like, oh, no, that was tough. Oh, well, yeah. see, what, what no one says is this part. You well, know, it's, uh, it's exactly like what I always tell people. I'm like, listen, you know, I do what I do and I do it pretty well, right? Yeah. But it's not because I'm wicked smart. It's just because I fucked it up so many times. I know what not to do. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just life. You, you yeah. figure it out. You move, you know, you learn those things and you have to, you have to live it and do it, right? Yeah. You have to live it and do it. Just the best. Yeah. Yeah. You just showed me a picture of his wonderful daughter and she's just the best. I remember uh, back in the day, I had the privilege a couple of times of babysitting her. And yes. She's the best. She is. She is. Here's your favorite. Here's one of your favorite scenes. Um, if you were born in the 70s and you had the opportunity to watch this movie and you didn't jerk off to this scene, <laughs> <laughs> I question whether you're telling me the truth or not. <laughs> this, this was one of those scenes that you were like, that you're like. I mean, you, you watched it over and over on your VHS. Yeah, you burned this. It kind of wore out, so it like... Would, a little it, it would, Yeah, it would be like, uh, and then kind of fade <laughs> out or whatever. And, and then, I, I love that they move this dude. They're like, this. he keeps looking back at this like bum that's on the thing, and he's like, all right, let's get this guy the, out The elderly woman gets off. She's like, I'm not watching this nonsense. She's out of there. And then they finally get the bum off. I love it. But no, it's him. This is an iconic, super sexy, sexy scene where he is just... He is, he's moving from John to boyfriend. Exactly. And wondering, like, what, what, is, this, what is this world like? And, and here's, your, here's your scene where they just dump him off. Like, let's get the crazy, smelly, homeless guy out of here. Right. So we can have the train for ourselves. That's creeping around behind me yeah. when I'm trying to get busy. Exactly. Just, is there a, um, when, uh, when going through, um, going through life on this, on, on, let's take this crazy journey as an example, right, where, he is like, where she's like, I want to have sex on a train. Like, let's do something different. Right. What um can you look back on a moment in your life when when you did something different and it maybe it changed the direction that you were going, or or maybe it, it changed the perception of how you looked at something, and you're like, oh shit, if I wouldn't have done this thing different. Like I look back and I go, if I wouldn't have gone to Bible school to become a pastor, only to get kicked out. Right. I would not see the world the way I see it today. And even though at the time it was a positive and then a big negative in my life, it turned out to be this great positive because all of a sudden I looked at things with with eyes more wide open. I want to I change the thing, but I, I would like the current me yeah. to go back and tell the 22, 23, 24-year-old me, yeah. trust your crazy ideas. Yeah. Say do exactly what we just talked about today. <laughs> so just today, talk thinking about that. Yeah. The forty-nine-year-old me sitting here right today. I would love to go back and tell that twenty-two-year-old and take that three grand that I made from selling the books, or the four grand that I made from uh, doing the tickets. Yep. Put that money away because you're going to have crazier ideas. So that's the kind of thing. But life and all the stuff that I've dealt with has made me who I am. Yeah. And I'm pretty fucking happy with it. No, that. I mean, and that's what I do. I, I love, like, I wouldn't want to change a thing because I like me. You know, it's, it's like, it's that weird John Candy moment in Planes, yeah. Trains, and Automobiles where he stands like, maybe I talk a little too much. You know, maybe I do, maybe I listen a little too much and don't talk enough. Maybe I am a little, maybe I do, but I like those me. Those aren't pillows. Yeah, those aren't pillows. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Ooh, that that's part. That's a good movie too. Oh, it's such a good movie. There's so many good movies. Out there, there. there are. I I love that part. You know, speaking of, it was like 
those aren't pills, but it's... I was sitting, I was uh, talking to my buddy uh, Jason Dick about this. We were watching that movie. And I said, well, one, do you get in bed with another man who's a stranger? He's like, no. I'm like, in the 80s you do. Right. Right? There's one bed, you're both sleeping on the bed, no one's sleeping on the floor like they do today. And I go, but do you go butt to butt? Like, how, or do you lay down side to side, shoulder to shoulder? How do you do it? You have a buffer pillow. You have a buffer pillow. <laughs> or, or, or you get some thumbtacks and you do like a love curtain. You kind of put it in between. You know, so you <laughs> just hang it just like, hey. in between, hanging down far enough that you can't like, you know, get, yeah. bre- you know, you're not getting breathed on by, by something. Oh, God. Which is fine. But it's, it's fine, just, you know, but still. I mean, there's so many times that, you know, you've crashed with your buddy at a, you know, from a bachelor party or whatever. And there's just, it looks like there's just bodies. There's just yeah. bodies laying everywhere. It looks like, you know. Oh, it's chaos. It's chaos. And then that's what, that's some of the fun times too, is after you have like one of those nights with all your buddies and there's like 12 of them, like breakfast the next morning. And it's like the rehash and be like, what? And then the other, you know, someone brings something up. It always starts quiet. Like everyone's just sitting there. It's like, fuck. Yeah, exactly. And then someone says something that was funny to everyone. Yeah. Starts the laugh. And then it just goes, right. And then, then breakfast turns into brunch and brunch turns into lunch. Yeah. Lunch turns into... More cocktails. More cocktails. <laughs> have a whiskey sour, please. Yeah, I'll have a whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll have a Seagram's and uh, Seven Up. Hey, Seagram's that sounds and Seven Right, that sounds good. Oh. My buddy Sears, first time he got Andy Sears, he got drunk. It was uh, um, cream de mint. Oh, was, God. No. And I remember him at McDonald's puking up cream de mint. We had to get him home because he couldn't ride his bike home. Oh, oh I mean, that just is. Just those stories. I remember getting drunk off of Scooby Snacks. Oh God! Uh, Scooby snack shots. Remember those, the green and with the cream in them. Like it gives me like the chills. Oh, what about Mad Dog Twenty Twenty? Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, no thank you. I oh, can't do it. I bonged it. Beer bonged it. Oh, it's oh, horrible. God, Here, the, the, there is. If there's one thing I would, um, I would tell my younger self, like you were talking about, I would go back, and uh, and I would, I would say, hey, you know. Was I remember, was a, I think statute limitations stuff. So we were uh, we were in high school, and we uh, we got up, into a car. We're way up, by the way. <laughs> 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 we uh, we robbed a um, we're not robbed with the gun. We stole from a um, from a resort. We broke into the downstairs and we took all their wine. Right. And took the good wine. Oh. Didn't even know it was good wine, but took like thousands upon thousands of dollars of bottles oh, of filled up the back of my car and the trunk of my car to where I was driving. My friend was sitting in the front and my other friend, when the security came to get us was laying on top of my car, holding on by the sunroof. Like I opened the sunroof so he could hang on and we drove away. Oh jeez! Went down the highway <laughs> in fucking Montana, drove up in the woods. Cause you know, you got to hide your boots. Well, there's, there's a lot of woods in Montana. And there's a lot of woods in Montana. <laughs> drive up in the woods Unload it all, and then we're like, oh, we probably crack open a bottle and try this. It was awful. It was really good. Now I look back, I'm like, dude, it was probably. So I, I would tell myself, like, hey, learn to appreciate those things. Like, right. if you can if you take a step back, and instead of getting caught up in, and it was a fun moment. And I remember we knew we were in the clear yeah. when the cops came to the high school, and they're like, we're looking for a burgundy four door sedan, and I drove a sil- I drove a silver one. Ah, nice. And they said the taillights were out, and what I had done is I had turned my lights off. And I had pulled the brights forward, Got so it. I was only driving with the brights, Got no it. taillights. Oh, nice. So like, your taillights are out. So every senior who was driving had to go out, start their car, and show that their taillights worked or didn't work. Got I'm it. Like fucking worked. I'm like, I'm out. Sweet. Freedom. That's awesome. Oh yeah, but but I would tell them, you got to learn to 
you know, those moments go by so fast and they become fun stories. We've shared some fun stories of our past and things like that. But if I could say one, it'd be like, go back and take a pause. Yeah. Whether you got busted or not is inconsequential to those moments. When you look back at them when you're in your 40s or going into your 50s, when you're looking back into those moments, yeah. man, you're like, dude, I was... I was so naive. It's so fun. And it was so much fun. It's like whenever you get with, together with your buddy, we tell the same damn stories over and over. Over and over again. It's kind of like when, uh, you know, like you always hear about like, you know, let's say it was the Cherokee Indians. They told a story to their people. Yeah. They're, they're young, you know, the, the people underneath them. And they pass their stories down yep. verbally through this way. Well, it's like, you know, my buddies and I, we'll tell the same damn stories over and over again about but it's fun to us because it's just reliving those things where like the outsiders, like, you know, the wives or whatever, they're like, do you have to tell that story again? Yeah. But we tell it over and over and over because we want to make sure that it's fresh in our head. We did that wine thing. I'm, I'm <laughs> totally jumping around. Please. So when I lived in Boston, um, they had this weekend, they call it Fagawi weekend. Uh-huh. It's basically like all these rich boats come in and they have a, a sailing thing and so you go there, and they have this wine festival. Well, I heard from my buddy Mark, he goes, dude, they have, like, the best wine. And you go in there, and you can taste all this wine. So they do that just to get drunk before they go out on, like, $5,000 bottles of wine, $4,000, $3,000. So what I did was I took a European backpack, you know, one of those big ones that oh, go yeah. over your head. So at the end of this wine festival in um, Nantucket, we actually... Would, I walked around and I said, are you finished with that? What are you going to do with it? They would just hand us half bottles of wine that were $4,000. What? So I would have this big backpack. I must have had 30, 30 half drank or half tasted or um, three quarters of this awesome wine. And we would have that for the rest of the weekend. So we'd be like, all right, which one are we going to open up? That was a good scam. Dude, that was that a good a deal. great scam. You know what I mean? So we walked out of there with... Like a European, then the next year we brought two European backpacks back and uh, had <laughs> some of the nicest wine I've ever had for free. And it was awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. This is, this, this part really reminded me of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? So he, he had to, he had all the money that he had made, he had to go back and buy it back from the pit. Right. Right. Plus, plus, some. plus some. And then he's moving it all back in as his parents are driving oh. back, right? So they're coming back. He's trying to get it all set up. He's like, get out of my way. My parents have it set up a certain way. But his parents are coming into the cab, and he's he's resetting up the whole house. And I love it because it's just, this is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. He's running back from school. Exactly, to try to get back, to be in bed and all that. Yeah. Yep. And just like his sister getting caught, is just when they come home, and his mom's like, there's a crack. Oh, Ferris in Bueller's Day Off and his sister's at the cop station. Yeah. You know who's sitting next to her? At- Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen is the dude. Right there. Yeah, I love how innocent he plays too. He's just like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, hey. What's going on? Uh, the the other weird thing about this movie that I found, and it, it comes right at the end here, which I which I love is, you know, we, we hit on it a little bit, but he's standing outside. He's gonna he's gonna rake up the leaves. His dad's like, go out there, rake up the leaves. You know, you got to work this out. You got to buy your mom a new glass thing, well, whatever it is. However much it costs, she's like so upset about it. She's so upset about it. And he just lights up a cigarette outside. And just starts smoking and thinking about how he's going to run the racket. He says, like, in the very beginning, booger, fuck fuck it. it. Fuck it. And he's like, his dad's like, what are you going to tell me? He's like, what? He's like, when were you going to tell me? He's like, what? Dude, you got into Princeton. 
Right? And just like fuck, right. it's a heart racing. Like which, which one? Which one of the crazy ass shit stories that yeah. I just went through over the last like whatever? Do you? What am I gonna? What do I get busted? Yeah. For? What do I get busted for? Did you? Did the Porsche guy call it's you open-ended. and say, and Don't say open-ended. I forgot? I forgot this. Right. Like I forgot to give you one one of the back floor mats. He's like, why did why was my car at the Porsche dealership? Right. You weren't even supposed to take it out. Yeah. No, it's. There's a small crack in this. You can see it. It's ruined. Which, by the way, a mom does. A mom will find the smallest thing. And like, look at this. This is now destroyed. Like, I don't even notice it. I notice it. Like, What she doesn't understand is there's been 37 people banging in her bed. Yeah. And doesn't care. (laughs) Right. Sheets are washed. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Just doesn't care. Doesn't, Doesn't care what's going on. And she's like, she's just disappointed. Women have been wearing her clothes and getting fucked in them. She doesn't care. Right. She's got her her, her stuff is going to be on hangers up there. She's like, is this closet okay? I forgot about the end of this when he's out there just raking the lawn and he just lights, lights up a cigarette. and he drops the glasses down yeah. and he's got the shades on and he's smoking a cigarette and he's like, fuck it. That's a great part. That's I want to take like a picture of that and like put it on. Here it is. And, and here it's coming up. It. Yeah. And this is a great part. In and of one of the most amazing parts about this, and what sucks too is it's fucking like windy as hell. He's never gonna get those rakes. No, those those I mean, leaves you rake to the back. So yeah, those you woods are. Throw them in the you woods. Just, you right. just rake them right into the woods, and you hope the wind doesn't blow the other way. Look at that. He just he pulls it out there that it way. Is. There it is. And does, gives zero fucks that his parents are in the house. Right. That he's outside. You see it light up. There it is. And he's good. He's golden. I mean, life experiences. Life experiences. Uh, and then his dad busting him about about Princeton, right? This is, and, and it's it's interesting when he talks to him about Princeton and he's he's going over this because you can see in the back of his mind, he's like, "What's my ne- where's my next way to make money? Where's my scam? Right. Where's my thing? Where's my angle?" And it's funny when you're in high school and you're making money, maybe in some sort of illicit way, it's a scam. When you're in your 20s or 30s now and you're doing it, you're called an entrepreneur. Right, your your scam right. on the system is doing it differently, right? And like Uber, we're, we're a scam. We don't pay taxes like the cabs right. do. We don't have to lift. Same thing. Right. So what are you? You're revolutionizing travel. No, you're just not paying your fucking taxes. Exactly. You just got a way around. It. <laughs> you just got a way around. It. Exactly. You figured out a loophole to where you don't have this different overhead that everyone else has to do. Look at his face. He's like, well, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like they just. Couldn't look more fucking guilty. You're in Princeton, you son of a bitch. (laughs) And you know what he's like? He's got like that bead of sweat probably rolling down his head. He's like, oh Oh, man. Yeah, and there's there's the hug, and he's just thinking, how am I going to pay for Princeton? Exactly. How am I going to pay for fucking Princeton? And then I love the the, the ending here, where I, I, he's like, you know, in five or ten years, we're going to do something great. Yeah. But did you, were you a part, did you, did you, did you fuck me? Like, were you part of this whole thing with the right. pimp? And you never know. You never know. Yeah. She just looks. Yeah. And Guilty is sin. Yeah. It's amazing. You know what? That's one of those life, this is one of those life lessons that he is going to be that entrepreneur. He yeah. is going to be better off in Princeton, at Michigan, at University of Missouri or whatever, because he had that life. Exactly. Life lesson or life experience you and that and that's the one thing i'm not saying go out there and yeah don't and, and turn, your, <laughs> turn your house into a brothel but i'm saying like experience things and do stuff that's why i said the 49 year old wants to go back and tell the 22 year old hey here's a few things that i think you might i'm not going to give you your the template on the bad things that are going to happen and all that 
But what I do want you to do is these few little things. Little things. You know, and I'd like to probably write those few little things down because I want to tell Cora those things. You know yeah. what I mean? Be like, honey, trust your crazy ideas, save money for that, and then maybe a few other things. And then the other thing is, you're going to fuck up. It's going to help you. Yeah, it's going to help you. What are you going to learn from it? Exactly. And that's, I mean, if, if there's one motto from this, I think I think that's really it. Is, is what are you gonna What are you gonna take from this and apply? Because you have, to 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 your point earlier, and I get goosebumps saying this, but relentlessly positive. Yeah. Relentlessly positive is is taking a situation where you fought, fell down and said, "What am I gonna learn from it? And how am I gonna turn it up? Where am I gonna take it to this level to make it better? What am I gonna do to change it so that it does this so that it's better?" Where am I, where am, how am I shifting my view? How am I shifting my paradigm, my, my worldview, my, my principles to where it's okay, but I, if I see it this way, I can learn from it versus I'm fucked. Exactly. Because there's a moment where you're going to say I'm fucked and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is do you live in I'm fucked or do you spin your way out of it? And, you know, I will, I will this will be labeled. If you can't stand, you're crawling. If you can't crawl, yeah. you just drag yourself and you get your fucking ass out. In the shower. You get, get in the up. shower. Get up. Get, get up. up. Get up. Get up. You know? Folks, that's the movie. Steve, uh, I know you're busy. I greatly, the fun. It's always Dude, fun. this was so fun. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> yes. You know, when I walked in, I'm like, what? And then, hell, I mean. You're just talking. Dude, it's awesome. Thanks, I man. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you very you much. Thank you so, so very much for inviting me. Of course. And, uh being a part of it and just chatting. It was cool. Told some funny stories, learned some funny stories, and uh, we'll now I, got, I actually got some things to think about. Nice. I like that. Folks, now is your favorite time. The podcast is over, and you get to hear my daughter sing about that one time she took a shit. Enjoy.